Hey, all you nostalgic jazzercisers. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of Beverly Hills 90210 from Fox to the CW. I'm Kendra Mickles, and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. And I'm Wolfman Nick, and I've seen them all. <laughs> okay. You I'm just trying out nicknames. A few yeah, episodes sure. back, you just kept tossing out nicknames, and I just, I felt left out. I forgot out. one, too. Krenna. That's another nickname of mine. Krenna. Krenna. Again, just, because my cousin couldn't say my name. Look, no, I don't mean to diss the people in your life, but Kendra is not a difficult name to say. <laughs> well, apparently it is that's for like, the, like that's a two-year-old. Like that's like a sound a baby would say naturally. So I'm just confused as to why they couldn't, but that's fine. <laughs> you anyway. can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. Other shows on the network include Is It Classic, Does It Rock, where we pick a band or artist and go through their discography album by album, track by track. If you have thoughts on ZZ Top, let them know. Yeah, they're getting ready. Three Nice Things, where we force ourselves to say three nice things about a movie with a bad and often earned reputation. Sometimes they are travesties. <laughs> Radio 64, featuring video game music remixes, hosted by Dusk vs. Tweak, and previously on X-Men, where we look back on X-Men comics, movies, shows, characters, and more. Uh, not too long ago, they did an interview with screenwriter, actor, voice actor, jack-of-all-trades David Hayter, who wrote the first two X-Men films. So cool. It was a great interview. It was a great interview. It really was. And I love I love I love when an interview goes like like this one did because David Hayter was just so game to talk about this stuff. It felt yeah. like they they were just like three X-Men nerds on a couch just like talking about everything. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. I I am mad that they didn't talk about the Scorpion King, which he also wrote and I love, but I'm learning <laughs> I'm learning I still to never seen that. We that. said we were going to watch that together and then well, we never did. It's not too late, Kendra. It's not too late. We got to do it. No, it's not. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, share the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This week we're discussing episodes 223, Cardio Funk, and 224, The Pit and the Pendulum. Yes. All right. Let's get into the West Beverly. Let's crack it open. Crack it open, baby. <laughs> I'm an investigative reporter for the West Beverly newspaper. These episodes originally aired February 27th and March 19th of 1992. Uh, on February 25th of 1992, we had the 34th Annual Grammy Awards. Uh, big winners from the Grammy Awards, uh, Natalie Cole won Best Record, Best Song, and Album of the Year, um, all of those of the year, uh, for Unforgettable. Oh, I love that album. Yeah. It's a really good album. I mean, it's like Nat King Cole right. covers. Yeah. I mean, I know this the song, but I don't yeah. know the the album. No, the the whole album is top notch. And years later, she did another one called Still Unforgettable. It was not good. The <laughs> well, the sequels rarely are. So. That's true. I mean, Unforgettable is just most of the songs are very peppy and upbeat, and Still Unforgettable was mostly like slow ballads, and it just uh, didn't have the same appeal. But bummer. I, this is a great album. Check it out. Bummer. Uh, best new artist went to Mark Kahn. I have no idea who that is. Me neither. Best pop vocal performance for a female went to Bonnie Raitt for something to talk about. Yes, uh, that song was everywhere, Kendra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were but a babe, so you don't remember. But this song, every jukebox, it was there. <laughs> uh, best male pop vocal performance went to Michael Bolton for When a Man Loves a Woman. Oh, yeah. Also everywhere. And best pop performance by a duo or group uh, for vocals went to R.E.M. for Losing My Religion. You know, because of music, because of music replacement, you probably don't realize how key the song Losing My Religion was to 90210 in the early years. It was sort of like 
It was sort of like the Brenda Dillon theme song. They used it a lot in episodes. Really? Yeah, yes. I haven't heard it at all. Oh, no, no. It hasn't been playing. It hasn't been played. Well, I used to hate that song. Like, mm. really hate it. And now I love it. So, But I used to hate all 90s music. Uh, this is a weird thing about me. I used to just, like, draw a line in the sand when it came to 90s music. And now it's, like, mm-hmm. my favorite music ever. So you, Oh, really? You, you came around on 90s music? Yeah. You didn't know that? No, I guess I didn't. One of my well, favorite songs of all time is Two Princes. <laughs> that's okay. Yes, I did know that. <laughs> I did know that. That's the Spin Doctors, right? Yeah, Spin Doctors. Yeah. Wow, I should get props for knowing that. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, on March 4th, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles premiered. Oh, boy. Those seem like they should be fun, but they're not. <laughs> March 13th. Um, the movies Howard's End and My Cousin Vinny premiered. And I mentioned Howard's End because you just did a book club. I Howard's literally End? just did like, that. Just did it. That's why I, yeah. I put it in there. Yeah. Is you it know, a good book? Actually, it was a good book. And I actually haven't seen the movie, but there was a, a more recent um, miniseries with Haley Atwell. Is that her name? Agent Carter? That's that's it, right? That sounds wrong. Yes. To me. No. Anyway. That, that's right. Okay. <laughs> well, the miniseries was great. I, I think like even if you've never heard the book, you have no interest in the book. I thought that that was a great four part miniseries originally done on Stars, So you should check that out. But yeah, the book is very good. It's uh, it's over 100 years old and it's like weirdly modern. It's 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 views of women and, and how they I don't know the, the the way that they sort of confront society, I thought was really surprising coming from a man in like 1910. So, yeah, good book. Uh, you're right. It is Haley Atwell. Good. So bullet dodged. <laughs> and on March 30th, Ian Ziering turns 28. 28. Tur- turned 28. Yeah. Um. So it's funny because I've been we got um because we're quarantined. We got sure. a um a free trial of Apple TV and we've been watching the show Mythic Quest. OK. And the main character, his name is Ian. And I was oh. like, I've never heard that except for. Ian Ziering. I've never heard mm-hmm. anyone pronounce their name that way. So it just made me laugh. Okay. That's all. Nick, all right. let's go beyond the zip code. I would love to. In the late 1970s, Carol Potter could be seen recurring on the hit drama series Ryan's Hope, also starring a young Kate Mulgrew, a.k.a. Catherine Captain Janeway of the Star Trek Voyager. Oh, of course. Yes. She also made regular appearances as Betty Batch Monero on the long-running TV staple The Doctors. Cool. Do you think Carol Potter is related to Beatrix Potter? Of, like, Peter Rabbit fame? Yeah. I don't see why not. <laughs> Same last name. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Not super common, probably. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into uh, Who's Living in Beverly Hills? Our Cardio funk. Cardio funk. <laughs> that was great. I thought Thank you were going to do like an uptown funk cardio oh, funk thing. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our synopsis for this episode is Brenda and Dylan's relationship hits a bumpy patch. That is an understatement. When they each <laughs> face temptations. Brenda with a cute college guy from her exercise class and Dylan by Sarah, an old friend from AA. Elsewhere, Jim convinces Nat to install a karaoke machine in the peach pit, much to Cindy's chagrin. Our guest cast for this week includes some familiar faces, some new faces. This episode was also included in our pal Mel Gildon's novelization, Two Hearts. Heather McAdams makes her second and final appearance as Sarah. Did you did you recognize her right away? 
No, as not, Sarah not right away. We okay. we happened to be watching this episode together, and you you pointed it out, and I was like, as oh, friends yeah. do, yeah. I mean, it was um, a little grainy on my end, so it was, it was hard. It's hard to understood. tell. Understood. <laughs> this character was last seen in season one episode, The Green Room, which is really like Dylan's. The, the debut of Dylan, the first time he sort of takes center stage there. And she had a bit of a, I mean, sort of a romance with Brandon. Yeah. And he's he like, she's in a bad situation and Brandon sort of gets her, I don't know, he gets her clean and then, uh, I don't know, they kind of go their separate ways and they're like, all right, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Not only does Brandon never follow up with her, but they actually don't have any scenes in this episode together. No. Which I thought was very, very strange. It was, yeah. But, Anyway, this is her second and final appearance in the role. Hank Stratton was here as Tim Matthews, Brenda's hunky college cardio funk mate. Because she can only fall in love with college guys and Dylan. She can. I know. I know. I felt like there was a couple of callbacks to the uh, to the pilot there when he was like, do you have a phone? And she was yeah. like, I do. I thought, that, I thought that was a callback. Anyway, he's best known for playing Donald Norville. Sorry. Donald Norville on American <laughs> Dreams and Isaac Reed on The Unit. Cool. Uh, we also we also had a a little fresh baby version of Titus Welliver here as Doug, uh, Sarah's junkie boyfriend. I guess he was just a drunk. I don't know if he was into hard drugs, but he was definitely a drunk. Yeah, definitely. Titus Welliver is an actor with many credits, including Harry Bosch on the series Bosch, based on Michael Connelly's novels. He was also the Man in Black on Lost. He, yeah. I, I totally yeah. forgot about that. There he was. I recently watched this, so I'm including this, but he probably wouldn't appreciate me doing this. But he plays <laughs> he plays the villainous character James Savoy on Transformers Age of Ex- Extinction opposite one Marky Mark. And finally, uh, he played Joe DiMaggio, known as the ex-athlete in Blonde, which is based on the book by Joyce Carol Oates. I mention oh. that because... That is the book that I'm reading at this moment. Wow. And I just finished the DiMaggio section. Did you know that Marilyn Monroe was married to Joe DiMaggio? I, you know, I feel like I did know that. She was. And then shortly after that, she was married to Arthur Miller, the playwright who wrote Death of a Salesman. He huh. was like 20, 20 years older than her. Um, and we mentioned Marilyn Monroe in an episode today. Oh. In the next episode. You're right. We do. Yes, so actually, is, that, I, I, is that book like... Is it just a straight up, like, is it fiction? It is fiction, yeah. Okay. So it's called Blonde. It's it's uh, it's it's Joyce Carol Oates, like, highly, like, meticulously researched novel. Um, I think it, I think it's fictional because it, you know, the dialogue and in the scenes and like the private moments are dramatized, but based on you know really richly researched stuff. So. It's it's kind of in a weird place because it is a pretty good overview of Marilyn Monroe's life, but technically it is fiction. Gotcha. Very um, good. though. It's very good. I have wanted to watch that Bosch series. Mm. I don't know why. I saw a trailer for the most recent season and I was like, that looks good. Well, so, we, we, we read one of the books together, didn't we? Which one? Uh, Trunk, Trunk Music, I think it was called. No, I didn't read that. Are you sure? Harry I- Bosch is trying to solve uh, his mother's murder i've never met i've never really read, read a book okay. called trunk music well i guess you skipped it then who knows i've read uh, a michael Con- i'll look it up um but okay. also i think i'm going to rewatch lost i'm getting closer and closer to oh, doing it boy i love it Yikes. i love lost okay godspeed def- kendra i defend all of it <laughs> that is a very very tenuous position you just picked up and <laughs> well i, stand I wish by you it. luck in your quest i stand by it 
Here's here's a weird one. This is one for our is it classic does it rocks friends because this is a this is a very odd credit here. We have John Dunsmore as Ben, who is Dylan's sponsor. Now he has a few acting credits. He was on One Day at a Time. He did a guest spot on Coach. Um, I feel like this is probably his most prominent acting role because he is the drummer from The Doors. What? Yeah. I have what? no idea. I don't know why he played Dylan's sponsor in one episode of Beverly Hills 90210. But yes, the drummer from the Doors. Like John the original yes. drummer from the yes. Doors. Yes. What? Classic Doors drummer John Dunsmore plays Ben, Dylan's mulleted sponsor at AA. I, I don't know. I have no answers for you, Kendra. Huh. Do with that what you will. Finally, I want to mention the song Do Wah Diddy. Because literally everyone sings this That's song. That's so funny. I didn't. In this I wrote episode. when I was taking notes. I wrote "Do Wah Diddy," not knowing what the actual title of the song was. Are you not familiar with the song? No, I know that song. Oh, okay, but it is "Do Wah Diddy." I didn't yeah. know that that was the name of it. Yeah. Sometimes it's known as Doo Wah Diddy Diddy. Maybe that's what you were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, okay. that's, that must be it. This song was originally done by American vocal group The Exciters. Either that or The Exeters, but I think probably Exciters. Um, and it didn't really do anything. But the British group Manfred Mann uh, had their single version of this. It came out on July 10th, 1964, and it went crazy. It went to number one in the U.S. Billboard charts. It also went to number one in the U.K., Canada, and Sweden. It was a massive, massive hit for Manfred Mann. So, and here it is, sung by Jim Walsh and all other characters in yeah. Cardio Funk. I, I mean, I grew up in the '90s and I knew that song really, really yeah. well. So. Oh yeah, Nick. Yeah. I looked it up. I read "The Last Coyote." Oh, okay. By Michael right. Connolly. I gave that it is... five stars, but yeah. I'm reading the synopsis and I don't really remember it. So it was, yeah. That that's a great one. That, I think that that is the one that I was. Well, thinking. I gave it five stars, and I trust. I just my messed past. up the titles, but that is a Harry Bosch book. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. is. All right. All right. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. We start at the Peach Pit. Jim, Brandon, and Nat are setting up something. I don't think they say what it is at this point, but uh, for some reason, Jim is like spearheading this whole thing. He's into it. And I don't know why, but there he has a real good feeling about about this. It's going to bring in a bunch of people. Get ready to park. Get ready to rock is what he says. <laughs> to, to Brandon. Uh, then we go to, I guess it's aerobics. I call it jazzercise. Whatever exercise they're doing, Brenda and Kelly are at this jazzercise class. Yeah, and um, cardio funk. Yep, this cardio funk class, and uh, everyone's outfits are one hundred percent on point. And they're they're doing the moves, and there's this cute guy who keeps looking around at Brenda, and um, he's he's not good at, or at least he's pretending to not be good at yeah. exercising. Um, Kelly thinks he's he's uh, he's cute, and he keeps like mm-hmm. you know looking around at them. Yeah. Th- then we go to uh, an AA meeting. It's a it's bigger than the ones we've seen. It's like in the auditorium. It they've, is big. They've yeah. been in a in a classroom, but now they're like all in the auditorium, and people are on the stage sharing. And who should be on the stage? But Sarah, who we mm-hmm. talked about, uh, you know, in Living in Beverly yeah. Hills, and Dylan's they like, mostly I know that, her. <laughs> yeah, in that episode, they mostly call her Surfer Betty. Yes. if you'll recall that. So maybe yes. that's why Sarah's not standing out. But but it's her. It is. It's her, and she's talking Back, about. Baby. Um, she's just sharing. She talks about when she, you know, went surfing drunk and almost died and how she was saved and Dylan to the 
I guess it's his sponsor next to him, right? He's like, oh, yeah. that was my friends that pulled her out of the water. John Dunsmore, drummer from The Doors. Yes. <laughs> of course. And she says that she has been sober for a week. And now she's mm. joined AA. So that is yeah. a good step for her. Mm-hmm. Back in Jazzercise class, I wrote, again, gotta love the outfits. They're pretty great. I mean, Brenda looks very pretty in her outfit. She's pulling her it off. Hair, yep. Her hair is just very good this season. It's they've really, they've really found her yep. hair. So uh, yep. cute, cute guy comes over, introduces himself. It's Tim Matthews. He is pre-med. He's a college student. And he pretty much immediately asks Brenda out, like right in front of Kelly. Doesn't yeah, no even preamble. Really, he goes right for it. Yeah, doesn't even really acknowledge Kelly. Um, did you find him cute, Kendra? Did you think I he was did. a good looking yeah, guy? Yeah, I thought he was good looking. All right. No, you you thought you thought no. I don't know. He was kind of giving me like a dweeby vibe, but I think you know. that was part of the cuteness, though. Oh, okay, I see. All right. <laughs> He's very, he's you see, very you persistent. See what they did there. He's yes. Very persistent. Very persistent. And Brenda doesn't immediately say, like, I have a boyfriend. She just keeps Mm-mm. coming up with different excuses why she can't. Like, oh, yeah. I have something that I finally, Kelly, like, has to nudge her before she's like, I have a boyfriend. And Kelly is yeah. very uncomfortable, like, this whole time with yeah, the I, way Brenda was... is flirting. And it's, I mean, it's very strange. It's very no, strange how not... flirty Brenda is with this guy. Yes, I agree. I agree. I was very confused by a lot of the uh, – listen, th- this batch of episodes is weird. There's a lot of weird things going on. And I think for starters, I don't get why Kelly I, – I would think like a Kelly of a few episodes ago would have been like, just do it, Brenda. You're not married to Dylan, you know? <laughs> yeah. Here she's like, Brenda, Brenda, no, because yeah. of Dylan. <laughs> I and feel like they they switch Kelly to be whatever is needed in the moment. That's for sure. I feel like yes. that happens a lot with her character. But I, this left me like this whole episode. I was really confused because it felt like we have somehow missed an episode it because did. Brenda and Dylan are weird, weird, weird the yeah. whole time. Yeah, they are. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Very strange. So f- finally, Kelly is like, "Sorry, but you know, I can't go out with you." I think he like. They, he tries to get her number, and she doesn't mm-hmm. do that, but he ends up leaving, and uh, Kelly kind of is like, what the heck was that? And Brenda denies that she was coming on to him. She was just being nice, uh, yep. is her excuse. Back at yes. the AA meeting, Sarah and Dylan have a little catch-up. She asks about Brandon, mm-hmm. um, and Dylan's like, oh, yeah, he's he's doing good. He says, you can't take the Minnesota out of the boy Right. <laughs> when talking about Brandon. And then Dylan invites her to go surfing with him the next day. But she also mentions Brenda. And, and yes. Dylan's like, yep. He's like, yes, I know her. Yeah. And like, doesn't, doesn't say they're really dating anything away. No. It's so strange. It is strange because like, I mean, right away, it seems like I guess he must be attracted to her. But they don't have that kind of chemistry at all. Yeah. Do you think? I don't know. I mean, I did not get a flirtatious no. nibble from them until like much later in the episode. Well, for me, I thought that he was just like trying to be nice and help her, but I yeah, could I see too. from like, her he wasn't trying to. Yeah, that, I don't know. He, that she was interested, but I don't know. Okay. All right. So later at the Peach Pit, we find out it's it's karaoke that they're setting up. They've got like a stage. They've got a TV. They've got a sound system and a, a microphone. 
And uh, there's a knock at the door, and it's Dylan, and he uh, comes in to say hi and to tell Brandon that he ran into Sarah, which becomes mm-hmm. important later because Dylan does yes. not tell Brenda that he no, ran he into Sarah. No, he does not. Later at the Walsh, much later that night at the Walsh house, Dylan comes over to just kind of say good night to Brenda and also to share with her that he is 90 days sober. He got he earned his, his chip, yep. his chip for that. And he invites her to come to an AA meeting with him on Sunday. Oh, I forgot to mention earlier that Tim was going to another aerobics class on Sunday and yeah. was like, Brenda, you should come to that class. So now, I, yes, I was shocked that she was hemming and hawing about whether or not to like go with Dylan to AA or go take this exercise class with this dweeb. Yeah. I don't know why it was a thought at all. I don't know. Remind me, do you remember, has Dylan asked her to go to an AA meeting with him before? Because I feel like yes. I would have guessed yes. But later on, she acts like he's never invited her before. I know that she does, but I really feel like that's happened before. Listeners, if you remember Dylan asking Brenda to go to AA, let it... At, at, on Twitter, here we go, pod, because I'm pretty sure it's happened before. I would agree with that. Okay. So they, they have a few kisses, and, and that's the end of that scene. <laughs> a few kisses. <laughs> a few kisses. One kiss. And a second kiss for you. <laughs> a few. Not four, but three. <laughs> at the beach the next day, Sarah meets up with Dylan, and they go surfing. We have a little surfing montage. Do you think... Yeah. I was looking for them out in the waves. Do they ever actually, do we ever actually like see him surfing? Like to see yes, have surfing I we, skills? I think we do. But a lot of the people that they were showing today were clearly not them. And right. I don't even think it was meant to be. So I, I was a little confused by that. Yeah. Did you think that Dylan taking her surfing was inappropriate? If I was in Brenda's shoes and he, and my boyfriend was randomly taking another girl surfing without telling me about it. Yes, I would be. Yes, I guess it's just, yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess it's just complicated because, like, I mean, he could have invited anyone else to go with them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Brandon, obviously. I mean, Brandon is the obvious choice. So, you know, which is probably why Brandon is not involved in this plot line at all because it wouldn't make any sense for this to happen if Brandon was around. But I think, I think Dylan is genuinely struggling a little bit with the whole, like, it's supposed to be anonymous. So like telling people that he's hanging out with her because of AA is like questionable to him. I do think that's part of it. I think another part of it apparently is he's interested in her, which makes no sense to me. But I do think at least in the start that Alcoholics Anonymous is uh, is part of the reason why he's not telling. I under- I guess I was confused with him saying that because he's not her sponsor. So why does them hanging out have to be anonymous? Well, because he shouldn't be telling people that they're friends from AA because he's okay. like outing her as an alcoholic, gotcha. basically. Okay. He does that. I get that. I get that. Okay. After they go surfing, they are just laying on the beach and talking. She says that she wants to go to beauty school. Um, that's all I wrote down for that little talk. Did you have anything else from their little talk on no, the beach? No, that's basically it. Okay. I mean, I think I think the purpose of that scene is to show that she's in a good place and is hopeful and has, you know goals plans yes i think that's it yes so at the walsh house everyone is excited wait 
But but what? she does ask him. She does ask him to go to the movies that night. Oh yes, I didn't write that down. She asks and, him to go to the movies, and he and he says no. He has plans. He doesn't say with his girlfriend or nope. anything like that. He just says I made other plans, and she's like, cool, cool, cool. You know. Yep. Yep. All right. So later at the Walsh house, everyone is excited for a karaoke that night, and uh, they're trying to get everyone. They're like Jim's. Like once you do it, everyone's hooked on karaoke. Because I don't understand what stake he has in this karaoke, but he does. I think he's just a karaoke enthusiast. I think that's the extent of it. He that's just, it? There's no business so. end to it. He just wants to do karaoke. Well, well, he does talk about like getting clients to go there and like loosening people up. So I I guess that's probably an element of it. But I really think he's just a karaoke nerd. I well, think that's the... I, that's definitely true, as we'll see later. Yeah. Yeah. While they're all talking... Brenda gets a phone call from Tim, so I guess he did get her number, even though, like, I don't know yeah. how he got it, because she doesn't give like, it to him. like, this creepster, like, got her home number and calls, yeah. like a creepster. Yeah, and she's very flirty over the phone, and her yes. her family is noticing that, and she, <laughs> it's a funny moment when she gets off the phone, and they all, like, look away and pretend they weren't staring at her while she was on the phone this is also a little weird to me because it's not like the it's not like the age gap from like you know high school to college is big you know you're talking a couple of years but i can't really imagine like being in college and like trying to date a high school girl that Mm -hmm. seems weird to me it is weird you know if it's like established or somebody you already know then maybe that's one thing but just like right if it was someone you like grew up with but like being being like in pre-med and then meeting like a teenage girl at a dance class or, a, you know, a, whatever you want to call it, a cardio funk class, I feel like is a weird, it's a weird thing to do. I agree. Okay. I agree. That's all. All right. So, oh, I did write down because then we go back to the beach and this is where Sarah invites him to the movies. Um, so I guess there that was a little in between there. Oh, so um, we're bouncing back and forth. Yes, oh, we bounced right. back to the beach. She invites to him the to the movie. Um, and then I don't know why Dylan says this, but. He tells her whatever gets you through the night. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he said that, but I wrote it down. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's a, it's a John Lennon song. I don't know if he's uh, <laughs> maybe he would down. definitely I mean, reference John Lennon. I mean, it's a John Lennon song about. It probably is a reference because the the song is about trying to like get past this kind of thing. So oh, that's probably well, that's probably what it is. Yeah, probably what it is. Yeah. Okay, so at the Peach Pit, Nat announces the start of karaoke, and Jim kicks it off with. Uh, What's it? What's it called? Duwa Diddy. Duwa Diddy. That's yep. the name of the in the style of Manfred Mann. Yes, and then we have this like montage of everyone singing the song, which I thought was very fun and cute. It was cute, but I don't understand where they were all singing the same song. No, that doesn't make sense. So I mean, if you if you watch that, they, that those poor people heard Duwa Diddy sung by yeah. untalented singers like ten times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Have That's you heard that John Mulaney sketch about him putting what's, what's new, new pussycat pussy on the jukebox? Yes, I have, Kendra. I will just yes, I have. like randomly laugh about that story. If you don't know that that little uh, sketch, go to YouTube and, and look it up because John Mulaney. you will be crying. You're laughing so hard. Yep. Okay. So later that night at Dylan's house, Brenda and Dylan are at his house. They walk in and he's like, do you want a sandwich or something? And Brenda bemoans the fact that he doesn't immediately want to have sex with her. And what does that mean right. about their relationship? Yeah. That they're alone together and aren't having sex. I don't know. Whatever. Right. They're being right. dumb. They're being dumb. Yeah. So Sarah left a message on the answering machine about needing. She says she like needs Dylan. 
right? She, she, Brenda, I mean, she specifically says she really wants to take a drink and she needs like, she needs Dylan's help to not do that. So, I mean, Brenda does hear what it is, but still. Yeah. So Dylan is like, this is supposed to be anonymous. Like you weren't really supposed to hear that. And then Brenda suggests, well, you just drive me home and then go do what you need to do. Go help her out. So that's what happens. So Dylan goes over to Sarah's house and her boyfriend is there, which is, what's his name? The actor's name. Oh, Titus Welliver. Yes. Is her. As Doug. Yes. Doug. Doug, the the drunk boyfriend. Doug the drunk. So he, Dylan has to kick him out. um, And he's not, the boyfriend is not very nice. Calls Sarah a slut and. Uh, all these things before finally leaving. I thought he was going to try and fight Dylan, but he doesn't here. Um, mm-hmm. And he he just leaves. And then they have some uh, little intense hugging between Sarah and, and Dylan mm-hmm. in this scene. Yeah. So the next morning, Kelly and Brenda are talking about Sarah and the answering machine message. And she Brenda says that she had tried, she tried to call Dylan that night and this morning and he still wasn't home so she knows that he probably was out all night with sarah and kelly here brings up well you didn't tell him about tim uh and then brenda still kind of denies that there's anything going on there with tim right at the walsh house jim is still singing he's got a song in his heart in this episode (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> several brandon and kelly wonder aloud to brenda why are they exercising so much kelly yeah. doesn't know why she's doing it but she's going along with all the exercising they're doing yeah and then brandon poor kelly poor jenny garth like it's the <laughs> suckiest storyline in this episode yeah it is it's she's just kelly just seems pathetic in this and i don't like it yeah unfair to my girl kel <laughs> uh and then brandon wonders about tim and kind of questions brenda about him a little bit more right sarah's house that morning she brings breakfast in bed for dylan and she says she's really thankful that dylan stayed because she wouldn't have been able to sleep if uh he hadn't stayed she was afraid her boyfriend was going to come back and so she was thankful to dylan for for staying there yeah good thing she brought that pepsi out because she thirsty yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) Uh, so then she says that he's cute and then mm-hmm. leans in for a kiss and they both go for it. Yeah, they do. Really I go kinda, for listen, it. Listen, Kendra, cards on the table. I thought they were going to do it. <laughs> oh, man. I thought it I thought it was going to happen, but it didn't. It was Still funny. It was funny watching this episode together because we both at the same time were like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, he's yeah. like, I shouldn't be doing this, man. And then they make out a little bit more. And he's like, no, that's good. You know, and then they <laughs> stop. Yeah. Still doesn't bring up Brenda here. No. Like, no. At all. He's like, people in the program shouldn't be dating. Yeah. Um, right. Until fi- like after several other excuses, he finally says he has a girlfriend. Yeah. And this stops Sarah for a second. But then she gets over it and is like i can't yeah. do this alone like she yep. she wants to be with him so i think that's the end of that scene yeah it kind of just yeah, pretty uh, much cut away yeah. yep so jazzercise tim is talking to kelly uh because brenda is not there she did go right. to aa with, with dylan which 
the right decision. And Tim tells Kelly, hey, they aren't engaged. So Brenda is fair game. He's going to keep pursuing her. Cut to AA. Um, and Brenda is and Dylan are sitting and listening. And we learn that Dylan is bringing the coffee to the next meeting. Okay. This is so confusing to me. It makes me wonder if originally, like, when they were writing this, this scene was meant to be in, like, a church basement or something. Because there are easily over 100 people in yeah, this room. Yeah, it's a lot. And and uh, John Dunsmore and his sick mullet are like, Dylan's <laughs> bringing coffee next week. And I'm just like, what? Like a truck of coffee? <laughs> How is that practical? Yeah, a truck of coffee. Okay. Dylan has, like, a coffee card, I guess. The mullets in this scene off the chain. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. John Dunsmore's mullet is sick. When they're leaving, there's a guy who's in like a red silk shirt and has a thick, thick black mullet. Yeah. It's well represented. It's lush. It is lush. <laughs> uh, so Brenda says that the meeting was different than she thought, but she says it was intense and fun at the same time, hmm. which was an interesting way to describe it. Yeah. She meets Dylan's sponsor, the drummer, from yeah. the doors. The doors, yep. <laughs> and you Dylan. Know it, it would be untrue. <laughs> Dylan asks his sponsor about Sarah and says that he's worried about her. Um, but he says, you know, you just need to work your program and let Sarah work hers. Yep. And uh, this does not sit well with Brenda. She kind of notices that he's asking yeah. about her. Mm hmm. At the Peach Pit, more karaoke. Because I guess they're just doing karaoke. 24 7 like it's right, open yeah. and there's karaoke it's not karaoke night it's just a it's just like a karaoke bar now it's the wrong way to do it it's wrong way to do it totally the wrong way yeah so they're making fun the gang is there and they're making fun of this lady who's singing who wasn't i don't think she was that bad but it was no. uh i think most of the time when they're making fun of people singing like the guy in the end was a great yeah. singer and they're just like oh barf <laughs> Barfo man. He's not singing Do Wa Diddy. I know. <laughs> the only song I want to hear. Only acceptable song. Stephen Andrea together. Did you notice that? I did, yes. It was just Stephen Andrea in the booth on a little date. And uh, other people came along, but all I'm saying is Yep, they were together. You're right. That's all I'm saying. Jim and Cindy show up and Nat thanks Jim for setting up karaoke because it's a big hit. Yeah, apparently Nat's just taking in cash hand over fist. Yeah, I guess. You know, it's just coming in. And Jim's like, well, since I'm here, I might as well sing. (laughs) Poor Cindy. Everything Carol Potter does in this episode is so funny. She's like, Jim, please. Yeah. It's just like a hollow desperation yeah, in her it was voice. It's funny because Brandon came over and was like, hey, only three hours till closing. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelly walks in and she brought Tim with her from a, a, a jazzercise class. In a disgusting, disgusting minty green sweater is Tim wearing. Oh, I didn't really. It's so it thick and gross. Me. Oh, he looked like a swamp thing. It was terrible. <laughs> you don't like a big sweater? I'm Not that one. Okay. Not just mint green. Didn't go- I like mint. California. Uh, yeah. Why are you wearing a sweater that thick ever? I don't know. They do All a right. lot, though. Okay, so uh, Tim meets Brandon and immediately tells him he has a cute sister. Donna, right. Donna and Kelly have a little aside about, like, what's going on with Tim and Brenda yeah. and all this stuff. Tim then meets Dylan because Dylan and Brenda walk in. And, and they have kind of a sup, sup yeah. kind of situation. <laughs> Dylan then goes to a payphone to call Sarah. In like the leaving... middle of this conversation. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. 
leaving Brenda with Tim, who then drags her onto stage to sing Wild Thing. Yeah. Though Brenda doesn't really sing. She just like She's speak, like, oh, speaks baby. the words. Yeah. Wild thing. Yeah. So Dylan gets off the phone and is not happy about her calls singing karaoke. Her off the karaoke. Yeah, calls stage. her off the stage and Brenda's like, Oh, sorry about that. It's just he pulled I had no choice. And then Dylan says that he wants to go see Sarah because she's not answering the phone, hasn't been answering all day. So Brenda's not happy about this, but tells him to like go and do what he needs to do. Yep. So Tim here again offers her a ride. She doesn't need a ride. Her whole family is there. Everyone but she knows everyone is in the she peach knows. pit right now, including people she lives with. And so she's like, I got, I got so Tom. <laughs> so Dylan goes over to Sarah's house. Her boyfriend is back over. They are both drunk. Drunk. Um, and Sarah blames Dylan for yeah. this, saying that he wasn't there for her. And, right. and now she's drunk. And so they get into a little fight and the boyfriend tries to hit Dylan, uh, but Dylan like ducks and then hits him, mm-hmm. knock, knocks him out and Sarah yells at him to leave. And so he does. Yep. At the Walsh house, Jim and Cindy are talking about Tim. Cindy's really worried about this. And she's like, what about Dylan? And she's like the only one asking what about? Well, no, I guess Kelly is too. Brenda's not saying what about Dylan. But anyway, so we go outside and Tim is dropping Brenda off. They're like, Jim is just all over the map with this kind of thing. Like here he's just so tolerant of Brenda just like hanging outside their house for hours with some strange college guy. Yeah. You know, I just feel like in another episode he would have been like, Cindy, we have to get out there. What are you doing? That's Brenda. You know? Yeah. And yeah. this time he's like, baby, he's live up. and let live. You know, <laughs> It'll I, don't be fine. It. I don't get it. Tim's a skis. Yeah, a little he's bit. A, he's a skis. He just won't. I mean, she said that she doesn't want to date him. And yes, she's being a little flirty about it. But like getting her number, like showing up at the Peach Fit with Kelly when he knows she has a, it's too much. It's yeah. too much. Yep. So they're they're talking outside and they, too, end up kissing. Yeah. And they both they both go for it. Brenda definitely yeah. kisses him back. Um, but she has she, hungry eyes. Yeah. <laughs> But she she then pulls away and says she can't, and Tim wants her to think about it, and she says yeah, she he's, will. He's she like, says you're supposed to date lots it. of boys, Brenda, baby. Brenda, <laughs> baby. That's, that's what he sounded like. Yeah. It is. So the next morning, Brenda doesn't want to get out of bed and go to school, uh, and Brandon comes in to talk to her and. She tells Again, him about the kissing and makes no sense because Brandon's just like, so you cheated on my best friend. Yeah. What's the big deal? You he know? just like, like gives geez, her a million so excuses. Yeah. He like doesn't make her feel guilty about it at all. I mean, she yeah, feels remember, guilty. But do you remember like, when he punched fine. Dylan in the face? He punched Dylan in the face because <laughs> Dylan was like in a room with Cheryl for like yeah. one minute. And now he's kind of like, so you made out a little bit. Jeez. Yeah, it's weird. I don't I don't get it. I don't get anybody's reaction. response here. It's a weird reaction. At the Peach Pit, this is where that, that older guy is up there singing karaoke. He doesn't sound bad, mm-hmm. but the, the gang has completely soured on karaoke. It's um, the wrong they're, vibe. They're going to. They're going to not come anymore if karaoke sticks around. So Brandon tells this to Nat and Nat agrees. But instead of just only doing it once a week, they just get rid of it. Like all that money yeah. they spent on the karaoke yeah. section. Gone. They just get rid of it. Doesn't yeah. make sense. No, it doesn't make sense because like, again, it, they're making money. Like they're making lots of money. I, I mean, 
alter the deal, you yeah. know, do something different. Yeah. It's crazy. Weird. Back at Jazzercise class, Brenda has a talk with Tim and tells him, no, she's not. She doesn't want to date him. She wants to stick with Dylan. And Tim says he hopes Dylan appreciates what he's got. So then Tim and Kelly have a little conversation by themselves. And Tim is like, do you have a boyfriend? She's like, no. And then they go off together. I really thought she was going to be like, fat chance. You know, yeah. like, I'm not going to be second choice. Well, that's what choice. she it's... should say. It is. Dumb. He's shown no interest in Kelly this whole time. It's not like he was sort of flirting with both of them, but no. like the stuff with Brenda was like happening faster or something. No interest in Kelly at all. And then he's kind of like, well, she's gone and I'm bored. Do you got, you want to? And she's like, sure. Yeah. I'm Kelly. I don't know. I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Weird. All right. So then we go to Dylan's house. Brenda and Dylan are at, at his house. I wrote here, why is his house always so dark? It's mm. always so dark in that house. I don't know if it's yeah, like well, the wood paneling. I don't know what it brooding. is. He's brooding. I don't know. But uh, they're both talking and they both. It's such a melodramatic scene. They're both like Brenda's crying and they're both yeah. like, Brent, Brent, I don't want this to end for us. Yeah. You know? But they both it's admit to kissing other yeah. people. And yeah. yeah. And they both apologize for it and decide they're going to stay together. That yeah. was where where they end up. Yeah. I just think that that was very hollow because it's not like we've been on some journey, you know, where they're wondering if they're right for each other. It's like we did that for a whole like quarter of a season. And then they're like, no, we're in it. And we just did Valentine's Day. We just did the Valentine's Day episode where they like seductively got their blood drawn together. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And here they're like, where's this going? It's a weird placement like, of this. What? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I feel like they're putting these episodes in a weird order because, I mean, we'll talk about this when we get into the second episode, but these episodes are a terrible fit together, yeah. too. And that's happened a few times now, so yeah. I don't get it. Okay, but. so the last scene of the episode is Jim is uh, got his headphones plugged in to his keyboard, and he's singing Wild Thing and, and playing and yep. at, while Brandon and, and Cindy look on. Uh, I, which is a funny end to the episode. For it sure. is a funny end to the episode. And I got to tell you how much I loved those karaoke videos. Did you ever do karaoke? Uh, yes. I did a bunch of karaoke in my youth. And those videos are just so funny. It's just like people in bathing suits, yeah. like playing and, you yeah. know, just whatever it is. Well, I, it as brought you back know, I, uh, I lived in Japan for I, yeah, a little that. bit. Yeah. And karaoke yeah. is, you know, really big over there. Like they have whole buildings where you just yeah. go get a room and do karaoke. And the background videos are always hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah. All right. Well, Nick, what was your Kendra... oh, uh, what was your I was stat? Say... <laughs> uh... Asked you first. <laughs> I know you did. You did. I got to go with the Dylan kiss. I think that. Yeah, I agree. I think that. I think that was just the the biggest like what moment because they're like, I mean, it he's was sleeping because on her couch. not that she tried to kiss him because I saw that coming, but that he kissed yeah. her back and for so long yeah. that really yeah. that really got me. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that I felt a little bit. I felt the same way I felt in the in the uh, steroids episode with Kyle being back. Mm -hmm. Like here we have Sarah back and like, I guess, yes, the story continues in some way, but it also like doesn't doesn't I don't know. It doesn't really have much of a resolution. And it's the kind of thing because she never really interacts with Brandon or Brenda because none of the 
none of the actual action from the green room is really a part of this. It just feels like this could have been anyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little confused why they use the Sarah character. If they were just going to bring her back once and drop it and not really, not really do much more than they did the first time. I, I just don't really get it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you feel about that? Um, yeah, I agree. And I mean, I, I love Dylan and I like Dylan and Brenda together a lot. Yeah. So yeah. number one, having a it's like it's like in the office when they in the last season when Jim and Pam have problems. It's that's not what I want to see. I don't yeah. want to see them have problems. So yeah. and that's how I felt in in this one, especially because it was just so out of the blue. You're I, I agree. They what haven't you had said any like- problems. <laughs> Until yeah, now. I know. I know what you said is like verbatim from one of the comments we got on Twitter. Um, Baby girl NY 8680 said Brenda Dylan are my favorite. I'm happy anytime the show focuses on them together or individually. And I tend to agree. You know, I yeah. think that their chemistry is really good together. And their relationship is just like it's just toxic enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. that, it's, that it's really interesting to watch. But like, I just don't think that they got to this point. Um, they they got to this point of like sort of cheating on each other and then resolving it within the same episode. There was nothing leading up to it. And I doubt, well, we saw the next episode. There's no aftermath either. So yeah, I just felt like it was weird and hollow and I didn't like it. I agree. I pretty much feel the same way about this whole episode. I just, it didn't really, I didn't really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like it for, for that, for that reason that reason I yeah said. it was unpleasant to watch yeah yeah i agree and the karaoke so, against what was happening was also strange <laughs> yeah it was it was so. like i guess if you're gonna deal with dylan's like alcoholism that probably merits like its own episode with a very minor subplot that's not like as goofy as possible right. i just don't think that i don't think the two halves of this episode worked and i don't think internally the episode even worked as a standalone so you know, I think it's pretty skippable, I guess. I guess because of the connections to the green room and and because of the Dylan Brenner relationship, it probably is one that you want to watch, but I don't like it. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. All well, right. let's get into any the final next... thoughts. You... No. All right, let's do it. Let's do let's just move on. The pit uh, and the pendulum. To the pit and the pendulum. Our synopsis is the Pete's <laughs> the Peach Pit's fragile financial situation, wow, that is a tongue twister, hits a yeah. breaking point when the owners of the building are incentivized to sell in order to make way for the St. Clair's Grand Shopping Mall, ice rink included. Jim and Brandon butt heads when it comes out that Jim's firm is behind the project. That's not really why they butt heads, but okay. <laughs> why do you think they butt heads? Well, they butt heads because of... Like, Brandon knows Jim's on the project from the beginning. They butt heads because of what it's going to do, the peach pit. I see. Okay. Uh, The guest cast this time includes Liz Vassie as Marie St. Clair. I recognized her instantly from Saved by the Bell Wedding in Las Vegas. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. (laughs) She's Slater's love love interest in that movie. But she also played Wendy Sims on CSI for 77 episodes and was in both recent versions of The Tick. So in the 2001 version, which is not recent, I guess, she played Captain Liberty. And in the 2019 version, she plays Lobstercules. So I've seen, a lot of, lot of I've connections seen to The, the Tick. Well, not all of it. Yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to picture her because she looked so familiar to me. Yeah, she well, she's another one who is just in everything like pulling credits. I really just had to choose the one that I thought would matter to us because she's all over the place. So I'm sure you've seen her and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) As the elder St. Clair, we have John Ingle as Dixon St. Clair. Now, he played Mickey Horton on Days of Our Lives. He played Edward Quartermain on General Hospital, uh, did several voices in Land Before Time, and has just been working consistently in television and film, uh, you know, for, for 50 years. I thought you might remember him most, Kendra, as Mr. Robert Dunder on The Office. Oh, yes. Of course. Okay. I, You know, and I was like looking at him and I was like, what do I know him from? And yeah, you're right. It's The Office. Robert Dunder. Uh, This was my favorite, my favorite, favorite. I mean, I was surprised when Titus Welliver showed up, but seeing Walton Goggins in this episode. I was so excited. (laughs) It was so funny. And the thing is, like, he has such a distinctive face. You know, he's just like all teeth. You know, he just, he stands out anyway. And it was funny to see him younger because it was just like more so. You know, he just has such a unique look that works so well for him. But here he plays Mike Muchin at their blue party. Uh, Not a big role, but he went for it though. He went for that character. He was all in. And this was basically his, his second credit of all time. He was in some TV movie, but this was like, you know, probably his big break in a lot of ways because this was a huge hit show. Yeah. He played Boyd Crowder in the show justified. Uh, He also played Sonny Birch in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And Wade Felton on CBS, the CBS show The Unicorn, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I like The Unicorn. Did you see that Vice Principals show? Was that was it him? Oh, in that show. He yes, he is in that. Yeah, he's funny in that. Yeah. Finally, we have Wesley Allen Gullick as Willie. So Willie is the the cook at the Peach Pit, and we've actually seen him before, but he's been just an extra, so he hasn't actually been credited with the cast because he's never had lines before. But he's appeared in several episodes, will go on to appear in several episodes with 13 of them uh, credited speaking roles. What's interesting here is that this is his only acting credit. Huh. The only thing he's got. He's not, he doesn't do anything else in any other place. He's just Willie an extra on, in the peach pit and then credited with 13 episodes for a speaking role. He was in and then he was out. I guess so. I guess so. But he's there for years. I mean, Willie is like the guy who stands like in Seinfeld, the lady at the cash register is in like every episode, you know, same thing. Well, with Willie. I wondered like, like cause we, he, you know, he's a bigger part of this episode. And I was yeah. like, have we seen this guy? Or is this one of those things where they just created this character for this episode and we were just supposed to believe he was there. No, um, he was he was definitely in cardio funk. Okay. And I'm I'm sure that we've seen him before this as well. But this is the first time that like with Screen Actors Guild, the way that all works, because he has dialogue, he's credited. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. All right. The Pit and the Pendulum. Good cast. Good episode. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The Pit and the <sighs> Pendulum. We start at the Peach Pit. <laughs> uh we're looking at the pictures on the walls of the Peach Pit. You got Walt Disney up there. Who else is up there? I can't. Oh, Steve McQueen. We see Steve, Steve McQueen. McQueen. We see, yes. We see the old Hollywood Some Land signs are up there. The Peach um, Pit has history. A has new fact we're being history, introduced to here. If you didn't know, the uh, Steve and Brandon are like playing air hockey on the counter, which is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with like a bowl and two cups, and Dylan <laughs> is like giving fun commentary as they yeah. are playing. Um, but Nat is is very unhappy uh, with them. With with what they're doing and just in general, um, mm-hmm. he's he's not uh, in a happy mood. Right. So then we go into Nat's office, Nick. 
He has an yeah. office. There it is. Where so surely why is he, using he a has a phone. At the men's room? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Brandon goes in and he kind of bites Brandon's head off again about something. And Brandon's like, just fire me if if that's what's going to happen. But stop biting my head off. And Nat then apologizes and says, you know, they remodeled just in time for a recession. And he's worried about having to fire Willie um, because Willie wants a raise. Um, and he says that Brandon's job is secure. But wouldn't you fire the part-time people first before the full-time well people? I, I mean i guess it depends i think if you know if willie's full-time like getting benefits and stuff you know it might make sense to, okay. to do it that way and you know keep keep the people whose hours you can have be whatever you want gotcha if you well, were if you were a corporate monster i guess <laughs> i guess i should preface that by saying well brandon uh immediately is like should i be looking for another job like he's yeah I don't know. I thought that was kind of an insensitive thing to to say, but I know. Yeah. Well. Anyway, that's there's Brandon for you. Yeah. This, this is for what you. this put me on edge with this episode right from the beginning because we're coming out of an episode where the peach pit is slammed constantly because of karaoke. Yeah. And then in the next scene, Matt can't Nat can't seem to make ends meet. You know. Yeah. So it's like. If this trouble was going on, why would he cancel karaoke? And why would he not bring it back? You know what I mean? Like, if he can't do it. So it's just really stupid to put an episode about how the Peach Pit is just firing on all cylinders with an episode where the Peach Pit, you know, can't make payroll. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. At all. Okay, so we go home, and the first thing I wrote here is, Yas, Cindy's shirt. I loved oh, yes. it. Oh, yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah. It's multicolored. multicolored. Mm-hmm. Panels. Each panel is a different color, yes. right? Yep. I loved it. Brandon uh, walks in and he is late for the preliminary meeting of the teen advisory board for. Well, that sounds hip. I know. For a shopping mall that is coming to Beverly Hills. Because we all know that what Beverly Hills needs is another shopping mall. Do you think there'd be room for a tailor made store that Kelly could run Ooh, there? Perhaps. Oh. Yes. Brandon doesn't really want to go to the meeting, but then he sees the young woman who is running the meeting and he is suddenly interested. um, He'll be there. She's very pretty. And this is Marcy who uh, he then meets and they talk about the plans and Brandon's like says this is no ordinary shopping mall and it's going to have like tons of stuff in it but basically they want to know what the teens want in the mall right um, so the teens are going to pass out like um surveys where people at school can write in what they want in the mall and we learn that marcy's father dixon is the one who is opening the mall and in charge of the he's an he's the architect right he's the yes yeah and she uh wants to be an architect as well mm-hmm and Kelly says that she likes Marcy, but Brenda is noticing how yeah. how Marcy is definitely into Brandon. Yep. So she school, picks right up on it. At school the next day, they have been having people fill out. The gang has been having people fill out surveys. Everyone wants a coffee bar. Um, Steve wants some virtual reality game room. Um, Brenda is wearing a huge red vest in this scene (laughs) it looks it's amazing no i didn't like it i didn't like it much like you didn't like that uh sweater that tim was wearing in the last oh it's so minty and so (laughs) thick 
What are you, well, a this sea was captain? A, this was a huge, thick, Pulling into port red in Candyland, Tim. All right. <laughs> uh, so Andrea is upset about the mall for some reason. I, I missed why. Do you remember She goes why? full Andrea. Well, she's just kind of like, well, have they done an environmental impact study? Oh. Have they looked at how it's going to affect the traffic patterns? What about those seagulls, Brandon? <laughs> what about that, Brandon? <laughs> Uh, so Marcy shows up to collect the surveys and invites the gang to a party that is being thrown at a fraternity at the college she goes to. And the With theme. Yes. And the theme of the party is Am I Blue? And I wrote that down with a question mark because I was very confused about it. But it come I you see later what that means. But yes. if someone had just said the theme is I am blue, I would have been like, what does that mean? What am I supposed to do? At this party, how should I dress? Uh, so then, <laughs> you have Mar- a lot of questions. Yeah, you have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. So then, Marcy and Brandon have a little flirty talk about nothing important. I no. just wrote they well, talk because Brandon shows up in a in a bright red jacket, looking like Vanilla Ice. Oh yes, uh, as, as my wife was quick to point out, David has also dressed like Vanilla Ice. So I think it's just the I think it's just the hip thing at yeah, the moment. I think so too. I think so. Too. Was David in this episode? Yes. yes. He made no impact on me. You know, I was thinking Cardio Funk is one of the few episodes set during like the high school era that's not part of the beach club scene that has no school in it. Oh, yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah, it is. It's all a little factoid for you. Weird. Do with that as you will. I will. At the Peach Pit, we see that Nat did not fire Willie the cook. Um, but, you know, he he's still sad because he's having trouble making ends meet sure so Got rid later of that karaoke on machine. yeah invested a lot in karaoke and then just shucked then it out the door just, yep gave it away later on that night they're at everyone's at a presentation about the mall they're watching oh this like virtual gosh. presentation these people are in love yeah it was like they were seeing their newborn child for the first time <laughs> it's like every one of them was on the first date with their soulmate when they looked at that beautiful computer graphic version of a mall they loved it they loved it they did they're all in brandon's excited because it's going to have an ice rink uh which he put on the survey that he wanted um but then uh as brandon is looking at the the model for the mall he realizes that it is going to be where the peach pit is what and he pulls jim aside surely not for jim to confirm uh that yes, they're probably going to be tearing down the peach pit to make room for this mall. Jim is exceptionally bad at handling Brandon in these moments. Yeah. He can't do it at all. Yeah. He just goes right to like like whisper screaming at him. Yeah. It was the same it was the same in the Maria episode early on where like I don't even remember what the deal was, but it was the same kind of thing. Brandon made a big scene in front of Jim's clients and he just I don't know. Jim's learned nothing about how to like cool Brandon down. Maybe you can't cool Brandon down. You know? uh, well, that's probably true. Maybe he's like molten glass. You do it too quick, he cracks. <laughs> I think he's like a bomb where if you jump on it, it's still going to explode. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. You can't. Understood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, at home, Jim and Brandon have a, a big argument about this. And Jim doesn't want Brandon to tell Nat about because Nat doesn't know. Um, but he's probably going to be in negotiation soon. And so... Brandon, he doesn't want Brandon to say anything. Well, but- and I think I think Jim makes a pretty clever observation there, too, that seems to go right over Brandon's head, is that basically Jim has some sway here. 
And he will lose any credibility if they find out that, like, his son is working with the competition. So he's saying, like, just keep your mouth shut and I'll and I'll see what I can do for Nat. And Brandon just misses the point entirely. Yep. Yep. So then Brenda and Brandon have a little talk about the situation. And Brenda is like, we need to be on dad's side. Like, we love Nat, but this is dad's job. And right. Brandon is just not happy about it. He says he's not going to go to the party. He's not going to hang out with Marcy anymore. But then he he changes his mind. Uh, Brenda kind of talks him into going. And she says, uh, well, if you're going to be a jerk, just stay home. Mm-hmm. But he does end up going. It's good she- advice for Brandon in most episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So they go to this party and everyone is wearing blue. They say why. I can't remember why, mm-hmm. but they're all wearing blue. Yeah. Um, and then we see Walton Goggins, yeah. who's playing this like all in. hilarious uh, fraternity guy. He's all in. He's yeah. all in. Pretty funny. Brandon shows up wearing his red blazer. Yeah, this is, yes, is Brandon in the red blazer. Yes, yep. in protest, Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, it doesn't really make a point, though. No. I, it, I don't really get it. It doesn't. He's just kind of being like goofy yeah i don't know marcy uh approaches him and he's like i bet you want to dance and she's like no i don't like dancing yeah and he says i think i'm in love yeah neither of them want to dance yeah steve and kelly have a little dance together yeah they're dancing quite a bit together in this scene yeah and talking about uh going to college and steve's like oh i'll join this fraternity if you want to date people in this fraternity Mm -hmm. brenda is wearing an interesting outfit it's like i kind of liked it i kind of liked it too but i definitely liked her hair and i kind of liked the outfit yeah i'll give you that Okay. Dylan is not impressed with all the college students and no, he here doesn't. says that he doesn't want to go to not a fan. college, especially that college. Yeah. Um, and we learn that his dad gave a lot of money to the college and so they named the student center after him and gave him an honorary degree. Um, and so he he kind of is like, You don't know how good you have it with your dad, Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> Donna Dylan's dad gave money to a college yeah. that jerk. <laughs> Donna then is like throwing popcorn at Walton Goggins and he's like mm-hmm. catching it. Mm-hmm. It's just a funny scene. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> Marcy takes Brandon to a different room uh, where there, where no one else is and shows him the models of her dad's buildings that he's built. I, look, I know I said this in the last episode about different characters, but again, I thought they were going to do it because they go in this room and it looks like a bedroom. It like, does. I thought it was a bedroom at first. And she turns it on. It's all like a bunch of miniature like mock-ups of, of city blocks and everything. Yeah. Like she's a, like a James where, Bond villain. Where are they? I don't know because I thought that they were at a college like frat house. I thought they were too. I don't but then think she college... says maybe they went to a different building. I don't know. The internal logic of this one is even worse than the one before. So because it could she be says... anywhere. It could be on the moon for all they care. <laughs> She says, uh, other people got dolls when they were kids, and my dad gave me these. So, I mean, they're definitely hers. I don't know. It, right. They must yeah. have gone to a different building or something. Maybe maybe the frat party is at her house? That doesn't make sense. Well, I know. But <laughs> Anyway, so they're, they're looking at these models, uh, which is super romantic, and so they start kissing. Right. Um, and Marcy kind of tells Brandon that 
she wants to get him in on the ground floor of this mall and Mm -hmm. uh, that maybe her dad can get him a job or something at the mall. Yes. So then Brandon takes Marcy to the peach pit and makes her a burger and then has Nat tell her stories about Marilyn Monroe coming to eat there. From Joyce Carol, it's his blonde. Yes. (laughs) And uh, all the other actors and famous people who used to eat there. Um, And then Brandon kind of tries to guilt trip her about like, oh, yeah, your mall is going to take all this away because they're going to get rid of this place to put in the mall. Um, And she does not take the guilt tripping well at all. Uh, No. She uh, she's like, what what are we supposed to do? Just not build it because they make good burgers here. Like we got to do what we got to do. And yeah. And then she leaves. Were you going to say something? Well, I I mean, I have real I have real problems with this episode. So maybe we'll just save it until the end. How about that? Let's save it. So the next day at the Peach Pit, we see we see Willie and he's very sad. Did he get fired? Is that what happened? I think so. Or does he just. Yeah. Did Nat just tell him. So then we see Nat. He's sitting at the bar uh, in a suit very sadly. And uh, I feel like it takes Nat forever to say anything. He always has like a long preamble before he gets Mm -hmm. to his Mm -hmm. point. But basically he tells Brandon they're having a meeting um, about the the mall and he's going to go to the meeting and uh, he he doesn't think his lease like when he re-upped his lease, they changed the term. So he doesn't think he'll be able to fight it at all and he says what am i supposed to do go work at mcdonald's which is very sad yeah. <laughs> it's it very sad. it's a sad scene um but here's, and- here's what I, here's what i don't understand about this this part in particular i think we've always been led to believe that nat owns the peach pit that he owns the place yeah and he just did this he just did this massive remodel and we have all this stuff about how like marilyn monroe used to go in there and steve mcqueen when nat's dad sal used to own it you know 50 years ago so have they been leasing this corner building for like 60 plus years i that's what i don't understand like do they have a 60 year lease on this place it doesn't make any sense to me i I have no answers Answer for you. Answer it, Kendra. I don't Tell know. Me. I don't Tell know. <laughs> I just don't. I just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Okay. So then he decides he's just not going to go to the meeting because there's no point. So that night at the meeting, Brandon is back in his red blazer, and mm-hmm. uh, he's there to cause trouble, yes. as you as you can imagine. Yep. He's going to rattle some cages. Yep. He meets Dixon St. Clair, Marcy's dad, uh, also. Uh, Robert Dunder from Robert Dunder from yes. the office, and Dixon is really nice to him and says like, "Hey, if you, when you are applying for schools, let me know. Maybe I can put in a good good word for you." And he doesn't say anything to him there. He waits till during the meeting uh, when Dixon is talking to whoever he's talking to, whatever board they're talking to. Yeah, um, and so, like a zoning board. He's like, "We didn't have one teen who was against this mall." Mm-hmm. And Brandon's like, I object and stands mm-hmm. up and gives a whole speech about uh, I'm not OK history. with this and the history and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And yeah, he's like, I've lived here only a year, but I think the history of this place needs to be preserved. Just <laughs> yeah. this whole self-righteous nonsense. Yeah. At the wrong time. The wrong yeah, it, time yeah. in the meeting. 
So well, it's, and it's even yeah, it's the wrong people to be talking to. I just don't think yeah. Yeah. So the the guy sitting next to Jim, I can't remember his name. Um, but he leans over and is like, control your son. And so Jim is obviously very upset, takes Brandon in the hall, in a very echoey hall. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everyone like, had to hear their screams, argument. Whisper screams to Brandon as yeah. he's wont to do. Um, and they, they have a whole fight um, about this. And Brand- he tells Brandon he needs to choose his battles. And Brandon says, I already did. He's sticking up for that. Yep. Okay. At school... Andrea and the gang have organized a protest um, of the mall because they didn't, they, you know, heard what Brandon did. They didn't know the peach yeah. pit was going to be destroyed. And so now they are, they're going to protest. Brenda talks to Brandon. He's really worried. She is really worried about Jim and because um, she, she heard Cindy and Jim talking that night and she's just worried about him and, um, she says that Jim said that Brandon reminds him of their grandpa. Right. In a Which good is way. Very meaningful. I guess. Very yeah. meaningful. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So Brandon decides to go to the, it's called DSC is this company that wants to build them all. So he goes there and runs into Marcy outside. They have a little argument and she, he tells her, you're so hung up on being daddy's little girl that you, um, can't be your own person and says that he's going to apologize uh, for what he did in the meeting and kind of make up for it. Yeah. At the, I think it's pretty unfair of him too. Like he doesn't have any reason to be like shaming her for having career ambitions. No, definitely not. I don't think it really, I think he's, I don't think he comes across great in this episode. I think he's just trying to, you know, be hurtful, I guess. Yeah. At the peach pit. Brandon gets there to um, to do the protest, and we ain't nobody that, there. No, Nat sent the protesters home because he uh, took the offer that they gave him for the building. Yep. So he he's leasing it, but he gets money for it. I don't know how leasing works. I don't. The only thing that that I could make sense of was that Nat had a lease that was going to go like years into the future. And they basically bought him out of the lease. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like he had the right to be there, say, for five more years. But they're saying, take this money and we'll tear up the lease. And and so he does it. Gotcha. So he says maybe he'll buy a boat and sail away. And And maybe Brandon could be his first mate. Yeah, his first mate. A uh, a Gilligan's Island situation. And Mm -hmm, Brandon mm -hmm. Brandon is really bummed and upset that he took this deal and that he's not going to fight it. And he really, I mean, he throws a lot of shade at Nat, too. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. basically like, everybody was going to help you out, and you're just a big, dumb sellout. You yeah. know? It, yeah. He's, I don't know. Not nice. He's, he's not great. Nope. At home, Brandon and Jim have another little argument where Jim is mad that Brandon keeps making him the villain, and Brandon is just very, like, sarcastic and not not fun so brandon leaves and cindy is talking about poor dylan or poor dylan poor brandon uh because he lost his hero and jim's like yeah i know thinking he's talking about him but she's actually talking about yeah cindy's like i met brandon i met nat hotshot yeah (laughs) poor jim so then that night at the peach pit jim goes to the peach pit to pick up food which i would feel like would be an awkward situation right yeah but he does a pie 
a big pie. Yeah. And, and, and Nat asked, asked him to look over some paperwork he got for the company, which Jim absolutely should not do. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a major conflict of interest there. He shouldn't do this. Yeah. But, and Nat gives him the, the food for free on the house. Right. Yeah. So Jim looks at the paperwork and sees that Nat actually got like lowballed for the, yeah. the price. And so he yeah. makes a call into his company about it. And they're like, actually, like you need to come in and talk about some stuff. Well, J- Jim is like, listen, man, I asked you to do me a favor and give him a good deal. And you lowball him. And they're like, he took the first offer. Like, what were we supposed to do? Yeah. You know, so it was nice to see that Jim was actually trying to get get Nat something there and wasn't just I mean, I don't understand what Jim's job is anyway. I don't understand what his role in all of this is. I don't get it. But uh, it was nice to see that he was actually trying to help Nat. Yeah, I agree. So at home later, the Walsh home, we learn that the the funding did not go through for the the mall, and Brenda Brenda kind of breaks this to to Brandon, and Brenda says that she was right to stand by their dad, and um, then I don't even I don't even know what that means though. The funding didn't go through. What funding? I don't funding know. from whom? I don't know. Like, they were trying to. That was that whole meeting. They were trying to get money to go through with this thing. They were trying to get money, not just like zoning rights and things. They wanted like government money to build this mall. She specifically says the funding didn't go the, through. Right, but that's yeah. I don't. Okay, I don't get it. But all right. I don't know. I don't know. So then Brandon and Jim have a conversation and. Jim is like, I, I warned them that this could happen, but they didn't listen to me. And... Never listen to the bean counters. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says he doesn't make the big bucks, which I feel isn't true. Right. And Brandon's like, so are you going to get fired? And he's like, I don't think so. But daddy knows how to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Why would he get fired? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. All right. He didn't do anything. I know. I, mean, I don't That's just I don't the way the it. cookie crumbles sometimes. Right. Exactly. It doesn't have anything to do with Jim. Anyway, all is forgiven. Jim, Jim, <laughs> Jim and Brandon Hooray! forgive each other for, I don't know, whatever. At the Peach Pit, the last last scene here, Brandon goes to, to tell Nat that the deal didn't go through. And, but he, like, draws it out and is like, oh, you should auction this. And you should give these pictures to the museum. And Nat, like, ma- makes Nat feel really bad. Nat's and Nat's, like, trying to it. apologize. And then finally, yeah. Brandon's like... JK, like, it didn't go through. You still have the peach pit. And, and I, I guess Nat's, like, happy about that, even though he was going to get money and stuff. He's very happy. He gives Brandon a weird kiss on the neck. Yeah, but I just, I don't understand it, because, like, the the start of this episode, the peach pit is, like, going to close because they don't have any money. And so he just got this, like, magical buyout, and now that's feeling, gone. I think he was feeling guilty about giving it up. I well, yeah, I think he was feeling guilty, too, but it doesn't change the fact that apparently the peach pit is going under, and now it's just going to close, and that's going to be poor. <laughs> I don't, Probably you know? not. The way the show goes, I'm sure it'll be Well, no, I'm sure, episode. yeah, but it's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, agreed. So then Brandon brings in everybody, and they open up the peach pit for business. And Nat flips the sign to open. But, I mean, apparently they've done a big, like, we're closing to the community and all that, because it's like closed it's like yeah. closed for good when brandon goes into the scene so like how are they going to unring that bell doesn't make any sense <laughs> how 
everything because I ring that bell. I need it. Everybody <laughs> thinks the peach pit is closed, and now it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that didn't happen. There's no mall. And they also said that with this new deal, Nat was going to get, like, prime real estate to reopen the peach pit. I I don't – this doesn't make any sense. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. Like, Nat having this 60-year lease doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Him suddenly being broke after the previous episode – the funding fell through, which means nothing. And then, like, Nat not getting this payout anymore. Now the peach pit's just open and everything's fine. Waste of my time. Waste of everyone's time. I know, right? I hated this episode. <laughs> I'm just going to cut right <laughs> I to I don't it. know that I hated it, but it just... I thought it was so stupid. Well, I I feel like no one learned a lesson. Like, no. what were we supposed to get? It was all, I like, for no nothing. Idea. It was all and for nothing. Too, the, the corporation... They were not being jerks. No. You know what I mean? They weren't doing anything sneaky. They weren't trying to push anybody out. They were going and getting like community input on how to build this mall. They were offering Nat, Nat a fat, uh, you know, a fair deal and a chance to reopen the peach pit in a prime spot. So it's not like there was a villain to this story other than Brandon, I guess, who definitely didn't learn anything. Yeah. So I mean, like I think the, this... the scene where Jim and Brandon, the all is forgiven scene, I just was like, I don't know. Like, what did Brandon... Brandon didn't learn anything. No. Jim, Jim didn't, didn't learn anything. anything. Yeah, I... Yeah. It, I, it was all just inconsequential. One of the other questions we got um, on Twitter was uh, favorite episodes. And I can tell you, this is this is on my list of least favorite episodes now. Yeah. I This and that dumb T-ball episode from season <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, I don't hate that one as much as you do. All right, well, okay. <laughs> all right, what's, um, your, what's your snap? Uh, my snap is probably when Brandon, like, stands up during the meeting. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. It might be, it might be when, uh, when Brandon finds out that the peach pit is going to be demolished. Mm, yeah, that's a good moment. Yeah. For me, it was when Brandon confronts, when Brandon finds out that Nat took the, took the money to, mm. to buy out the lease. And he's like, you disgusting coward. <laughs> like he really, you he's really me. like, I thought you stood for something, but you're just a piece of garbage. <laughs> and that for me was the most like, whoa moment. Uh, this was just like season one, crazy Brandon. It felt like, Skip but for no it. reason. That's what my, that's my, that's my hot take on this. Skip it. You don't need to watch this. I'm going to agree. I can't think of a single thing that adds anything to any character. Yeah, no, definitely not. No one's character was advanced in any way. No, no. And it's not even like a fun standalone. It's just, it was a bad episode. I want to know what intern wrote this. <laughs> Let's get their address. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm going to send him a tersely worded note. <laughs> Vicious oh, rhetoric. Oh, <laughs> I know. Uh, join us next week as we continue our 902 discussion with episode 225, Meeting Mr. Pony. Kendra, I'm intrigued by the title Meeting Mr. Pony. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't remember it. When I look at the picture on Hulu, it's Brenda crying. So. Well, that makes sense. It's going to be dramatic. You think she's Mr. Pony? That doesn't, I don't think that, no, that doesn't I don't play. Know. I don't know. Let's guess right now who Mr. Pony is. Is it an established? Is it a person? Is it an established character? Do you think Mr. Pony's a real person? I think I think it's going to be like someone tells a story about meeting Mr. Mr. Pony. Mr. Pony. I'm going to guess, and I don't know why, I'm going to guess that Steve is Mr. Pony. <laughs> All right. Well, 
We'll I'm see. locking it in. Kendra, where else can people find you and buy your wares? <laughs> and buy my wares. Uh, you can buy my wares on my Etsy store, Miss Music Box Crafts. Um, I still need to get some 90210 stuff. Now that we're like, I moved. Yeah, you do. I'm unpacking yeah. my craft stuff. Yeah. I'm going to get back in it. So, now's the time. Yeah, now's the time. You could definitely time. do something that like looks like a peach pit shirt. Oh, yeah. Easy. Easy. Easy peasy. Outside of this podcast, I also host a podcast called The All the Book Show, which you can find at soundcloud.com slash all the books or any place you find your podcasts. Uh, right now, we're, we're doing lots of episodes because we're doing a special like in between while we're all uh, trapped inside because of uh, – you know, the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. But uh, some cool episodes we've done recently is an interview with author Justina Ireland. She's, uh, she's written a lot of YA books, including Dread Nation, and uh, she's written some Star Wars, including some of the new Star Wars High Republic stuff that's coming out. It was, I, it was one of the best interviews we've done, so check that out. I still haven't listened to that one. I'm behind. It's brand It's brand it's, new. As we record, it has just come out. It's hard when I'm quarantined because I usually listen to podcasts, like, on my commute. And now I'm I know, not I know. So I'm very behind you. on all my podcasts. I agree. <laughs> I do I, like podcasts and audiobooks. I'm still, I'm trying to keep up with like, you know, books that I would normally read and not having that commute time. I cannot sit and listen to an audiobook like doing nothing else. I can't. No, I'm I have to be doing something else. Like dishes, laundry, whatever. Then I can listen to an audiobook. But you just sit there like a mental patient, stare <laughs> off into the distance. Yeah, it's listening to an it. audiobook. I can't. Can't do it. I can't all right, do Nick, it. you want to take us out? Kendra? Yes. 902, and here we go. <laughs>